listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth thanks to concordia university wisconsin for your support of the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon joining us today the reverend dr phil boo pastor at saint john lutheran church in laverne minnesota you've heard him on a number of other programs here on kfuo sharper iron thy strong word and we are just excited to have the opportunity to chat with him here on the coffee hour thanks so much for joining us today dr boo Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to be on KFUO. So all the other hosts get to study God's Word with you, and you you graciously agreed to join us for some time on the Coffee Hour today because you wrote uh, an, a very um, interesting article and that was published in a local paper, I believe, where, where you are, the the uh, Rock County Star-Herald. Is that right? That is correct, yes. There's a, a sort of a weekly pastor column, and I had the opportunity to be able to contribute to that. And uh, wrote something pertaining to uh, current issues, current topics, and that being some of the division and disagreement that we see going on around us, knowing how things are, are happening here in our part of the country, in Missouri. How are things going in Laverne, Minnesota, when it comes to these issues and disagreement over how people are handling matters related to coronavirus and COVID-19? Well, here in the southwest portion of Minnesota, we're in a little bit of a unique position because we're closer to, we're only 30 minutes from Sioux Falls. So we're a lot closer to South Dakota, both in geography and in attitude, I think, among the people than we are to, say, Minneapolis. So the people here tend to gravitate towards the South Dakotan approach to what's going on regardless of sort of what the mandates may or may not be. So there's a little, there's certainly a, when it comes to being cautious, I think there's a, a nice healthy amount of, of caution being exercised by people. But at the same time, there's, I don't want to say laissez-faire, but there's also sort of a relaxed attitude. But at the same time, as with any other issue, there ends up being people on the extremes. And, and so you see that here just as anywhere else, and it just causes a lot of infighting, which just really isn't helpful, especially among Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Disagreements are, are very, I don't know, popular thing to have today, especially on social media and finding them all over the internet and probably even in person when we're allowed to be in person together. And a lot of these disagreements are over coronavirus and how we managed this and and people in different places managing it in different ways or arguing from different points of view where do we see some of the most the most heated disagreements about all of this I think where we're seeing it is really on, I, I want to say both sides of the issue it's sort of hard to define but what's really driving the behavior is fear and the fear that's driving the behavior tends to gravitate around, at least right now, around vaccines, and then the issue of masks is coming back too. So on on one side, you have protests and non-compliance, right? People are protesting the vaccines and the masks. Some people are simply against the vaccine altogether because they're afraid of whether or not it's effective or whether it might be dangerous how it's going to affect their children, how it's going to affect pregnant uh, women. And uh, and then some believe it just won't work or that the masks don't work or that they're useless. 
On that same side, there are folks who are protesting not necessarily the vaccine or the masks or their um, efficacy, but just that the government shouldn't mandate people to use them. And then on the opposite side, people who's, again, motivated by fear are are worried that they're going to get the virus. They're worried that they're going to be perceived as someone who doesn't care about others. They're worried that if they don't protect themselves and their family, that they're going to be, you know, a grandma killer and some of this other charged language that's been used in the media. So much so that I noticed a few weeks ago, I somehow it ended up on Twitter. I'm actually not much of a Twitter user, but a woman was bragging about secretly getting extra vaccines. And that was in my article. She was out there and she said, I not only got two doses of the Pfizer, but I went out and I got two doses of the Moderna. And so I had to read the comments because honestly, I thought people were just going to ratio her, rip her to pieces. And the comments were approving overall. I mean, people were admitting admitting to doing the same thing, to going out and getting the Johnson and Johnson and getting the other version. And so I told some people about this and they kind of said, well, you know, people can say anything they want on Twitter and maybe they're just trying to look good or maybe they're trying to get a rise out of people. Well, just last week, the CDC reported that over 1.1 million Americans have cheated the system to get extra vaccine shots. And so at the same time, it's now approving boosters for, you know, other certain individuals. So so people were you know, I guess the term is virtue signaling, but virtue signaling happens on both sides. They wanted people to see that, look, I'm really being careful. So really taking no sides in the issue, because I think that there are concerns. We should be concerned about contracting a serious virus. We also should be concerned about overreach of the government in our freedoms. But we cannot let our concern be motivated by fear because fear increases in us anxiety and heightened blood pressures. And and science has shown that as our blood pressure rises, our ability to think creatively and solve problems with intelligence, it, it decreases. Emotions take over. We make quick decisions. And this just isn't healthy. I mean, it makes sense. If you're out in the woods and you see a bobcat coming toward you, you, you have two choices, you know, flee or fight. They're, they're pretty simple. But complex decisions can't be made under the stress of fear. And we certainly can't use that in how we decide to treat one another. And, and that's another thing I'm seeing out there. So what if I disagree with you on one of these points? Where, where has that, that brought us? We're acting out of fear and disagreeing with one another. Where does that left us? Right. So, you know, one of the things I talked about in my little article was just that when we have discussions with one another or when we want to say, encourage someone to see it from our point of view, it's not that we can't disagree and it's not that we can't actually try to convince someone else of our opinion, but we can't use the the motivation and manipulation that comes along with fear. Because, you know, the, the fact is that fear being sort of this innate instinct, again, a God-given instinct that has its uses, but because it's so emotionally driven, it will, it will cause us to uh, think irrationally. And so instead, you know, Christians need to recognize not only our Christian freedom, but also the fact that Christ tells us to deal with each other 
in love. You know, what worries me is this driving behavior of fear, how quickly it's changed the the church and, and hopefully temporarily in some cases. But, you know, people are calling for the church, like, say, a business or a government to be the mask police or the vaccine police. And I think aside from the issue of church, Christian freedom, you know, it's outside the purview of church leaders to be gatekeeping access to the gospel message. You know, the power of fear has been demonstrated on all sides by by what's been going on in our churches. I mean, think of how many churches gave in and dramatically altered our way of worship. You know, the two sides of the worship wars of the Synod were completely ineffective at changing worship for the other side for decades as they fought back and forth, back and forth. And as soon as fear enters the picture, I mean, you suddenly have churches doing away with the common cup, removing the altar rail. Some churches you see online communion, which is, you know, certainly not a good practice. But you see all these rapid, dramatic changes, literally in some cases, overnight. And people are being taught to be fearful of contact with one another, fearful of coming to church, fearful of the Lord's Supper. And the church can't be an accomplice to that. And of course, the church is just made up of people. So so what is our response? What should we do? What should we do when we disagree, which is what you just asked? Well, again, we we have to treat each other in love. You know, faith is the antidote to fear. Fears being anxious and worried about the unknown when we perceive a threat, the fear comes from not knowing what that threat will do to us. But God doesn't want us living in fear and he doesn't want us interacting with one another out of fear and using that to motivate one another. So this fear manifests in all of these ways and 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 you're right it is it, it is a god-given thing and it's healthy but underlying all of this what is it that we are actually fearing maybe above anything else which reminds me of a little first commandment issue. <laughs> well, you know I think the the difference the different sides, and I hate to talk like that, like a dichotomy, because you know, it, 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 but it is coming out that way. But our fear of death, our fear of not trusting that God will provide for us. Um, you know, Paul writes to Timothy, and he tells him, "God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control." That's in Second Timothy one seven. And that doesn't mean, as you said, that we don't become afraid. You know, part of that's just part of our, you know, our makeup. But the context here is that Paul is preparing Pastor Timothy to defend the gospel message. He knows that troubles are going to come. He already knows that lots of other people have walked away from uh, the message, and and these doctrines that have been entrusted to him, he's going to have to defend. And he's going to be afraid sometimes. So he reminds so he reminds them in the first part of the faith that God had given him. And he encourages him to fan into flame this gift of God. And so then it's in that context that he can then tell him that God has given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so the response to being afraid that we're going to die or being afraid that the government is going to to become tyrannical and control every part of our lives 
is to, you know, the, the, the issue to that is to turn to God and remember that ultimately God's in control. Nothing happens outside of God's good and gracious will. We don't let God off the hook when bad things happen. He's still in control, but we can continue to trust in him because he's given us every reason to in Jesus Christ. We're talking about fear, particularly the fear that we're facing today. Many are facing today surrounding the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic. We're talking with the Reverend Dr. Phil Boo. He's pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Laverne, Minnesota. We have more to talk about here on The Coffee Hour. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with the Reverend Dr. Phil Boo. He's pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Laverne, Minnesota. I'm sure you've heard him on Sharper Iron, Thy Strong Word programs here on KFUO. I think even I think you've even been on Concord Matters. This is about time we have you on, on the, the Coffee Hour, Pastor Boo. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Topics. <laughs> Taking a look at the, the article that you recently wrote in the Rock County Star-Herald there in Minnesota, in, in Southwest Minnesota, is that right? That's correct. So talking about fear and some of the fears that, that many are facing and how that's led to much division and disagreement in our society today. How does Satan use this fear that many of us are experiencing? So, yeah, absolutely. You know, because fear is such a powerful motivator and because fear is really the antithesis to faith, it's a popular tool of Satan. You know, he, he drives home in our hearts the idea that, that we are without help, without recourse. That's the, that's the source of fear. We are afraid not of the thing that's attacking us. We're afraid of what will happen after we are attacked. And so the, the person who is being influenced by, by Satan, either they are outside of faith perhaps, and they don't have faith to cling to and they give into that fear, or they, you know, they don't cling to the faith that's, that's theirs by, as a gift of God. And so being tempted, being attacked is certainly not a sin in of itself, but the Christian must remember that we have been given this wonderful gift. Faith, as I like to say, is the antidote to fear. You know, we, we believe, even though we have not seen as you know, Jesus tells the disciple Thomas, but at the same time, the faith that we've been given is sure and certain because it is empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So when Satan attacks us with fear, then yeah, we, 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 we can either reject that by turning and trusting in God. As David says in Psalm 56, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. And Psalm 34, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. And actually, David says 
this sort of thing a lot of times in the Psalms because he's constantly being, you know, tempted by his own sinful nature, tempted by Satan and the world to be in positions where he has every right to be afraid. But through the Psalms and through his faith, we know that the correct response is to turn to God. And I think that that's what we must remember as as the news media is going to it loves to you know loves to use fear you know the old saying is if it bleeds it leads and that was you know a journalism based on sensationalism if it's if it's out there outlandish sensational then people will you know buy the paper or tune in or listen but people are desensitized now people aren't sensationalized that much anymore so what's the next best or maybe even better thing it's fear. And so we see emotionally charged language in headlines um, on, on both sides of this issue. We see, we, we see an appeal to politics. People talk about how the pandemic has been politicized. Well, it's politicized because people are looking to a particular political philosophy as the solution to fixing that which they are afraid of. And while um, the Christian certainly has every right to be involved politically, you know, I would argue, I don't think controversially, that, that, the, that the Christian doesn't really fit perfectly in any particular uh, political party, maybe better in some than others. But, but the Christian ultimate trust is not, in the, is not in the princes of our world, but in God. When we look at Jesus, how often does he come to us and tell us, fear not? He knows that we'll be facing scary situations. It's not that being afraid is sinful, but he reminds us that because of the gift of faith, we have a solution, and the solution is turning to him. So in all of this, turning to Jesus and turning to God's word to for that antidote, for that antidote of faith— how much then do we consume this media that we know is going to play to our emotions? Well, it's addicting. You know, <laughs> fear produces literal chemicals in our brain, which cause us to sort of have this ramped up fight or flight effect. It gets your adrenaline going, uh, even if it's not perceivable. There's a reason why people like uh, roller coasters. I mean, because it makes you afraid. And you think, well, this is a controlled fear. Yeah, but your body doesn't know the difference between stress from a roller coaster or stress from a lion chasing you or stress from having a really bad day at work. Stress is bad for your body when it continues unabated. So a roller coaster is over in a few seconds and it can be quite enjoyable. But the stress of constantly engaging in media that is pushing political narratives, that is pushing divisiveness, that is pushing you to, you know, tune in later for more information. You have this fear of missing out on information, which is also a popular advertising scheme. You, you see this psychology being worked against you. You know, the people who are reporting to the, the news to you are motivated not by you being informed, but by you tuning in so that they can sell advertising. Now, I'm not going to disgruntle any business from making money, of course, but th the point here is that, you know, we are a commodity when it comes to the media. 
So it is good to be informed. There's nothing wrong with that. We should seek out sources that are as unbiased and reliable as possible. But even then, to constantly feast on the information that's coming out there, oftentimes when there's nothing new, it's just regurgitating the same things in order to you know, continue to push ads. Um, I know I sound pretty cynical now, but <laughs> but I just worry. I just worry about people. You know, instead, when we turn to the Word, we turn to Jesus. He doesn't say, you know, beware, caution. You know, something you're eating right now could be killing you. You know, the the, the latest variant is coming, or you know, the government's going to use vaccine passports to take your freedoms away. Besides this emotionally charged language, Jesus says things like, in John 14, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you." Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, and that's that's where we have to be. You know, sin is when Christians treat one another poorly, either out of fear or use fear to manipulate each other. We can have healthy discussions, but this is where having a spirit of love and self-control come in. You know, Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you're to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's that's the key. That's the key to where Christians are going to be able to weather this storm. First John 4, 18, the apostle says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So we see fear being the antithesis of faith, fear being the antithesis of love. And so it's like anger, one of those emotions that, while natural, is something that needs to be kept in check for our own health and for our relationships with one another. God's word is always good and <laughs> always uh, it, calming our fears. Any more in, in God's word that you'd like to point us to? As we have, we have what just about three or four minutes left. To anywhere else you want to point us to in God's well, word, you know, this? I think it's always good. It's a very familiar passage, but Philippians four six. You know, as we move forward, there's going to be a lot of fear and anxiety about what's coming next. You know, I'm thinking about my Christian friends in Haiti right now, who currently have experienced yet another earthquake. In fact, a particular church that I support, a Lutheran church for the Lutheran church in Haiti there, was also robbed, and, and, and arson was committed against them. They tried to burn the place down. They desecrated the altar, and this is after a period of unlawfulness that followed the assassination of their president. They are living in anxious times, and yet they're turning to Christ as their solution. And then you have, of course, the situation going on in Afghanistan. And imagine, I can't imagine the anxiety and downright justifiable fear that people, especially Christians, are facing in this time. Mm -hmm. But what will solve or address, maybe solve isn't even the right word, what will address and mitigate that fear? It has to be what we've always turned to through centuries, and that is the unchanging Word of God. In Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. And that's hard. that's easy for it's easy for the Lord to say, but in this case the apostle to say, but do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, 
let your request be made known to God. That is, we have the right to turn to the creator of the universe who has the power over everything. And he promises us in this same verse, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's where our future rests. doesn't mean it won't be rough or tough or that we won't suffer or that we won't be afraid, but it means that we have salvation through Christ, and our rewards in the new heavens and the new earth are far better than, than, than anything we can hope to accomplish here on earth on our own. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Phil Boo, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church in Laverne, Minnesota. Great article in the Rock County Star-Herald on uh, not fear. Pastor Boo, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today and uh, walking us through this great uh, Word of God to bring us some peace in this time of fear and, and struggle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always delighted. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.